Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Hey, this is Tyler. And this is KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? Today, it is not the Whitetail Weatherman speaking to you. First off, it is <laughs> it is uh, Mr. Santa Claus Belly himself, Casey Smith. Uh, man, alive. I have got the dad bod rocking these days. <laughs> the boy's uh, thick. That's right. That is right. I've been weighing down the boat with my dad a lot. I still climbed a tree with Tyler yesterday. Yeah. We got out and did a little bit of stuff with, uh, well... Should we should we let the people know a Man. little bit of something there? Yeah, but barely, just barely. Yeah, there there we we got a little help this year mm-hmm. with with the element stuff. So uh, hopefully y'all can look forward to a little bit uh, different type of production value from some of the the hunts we do. Maybe yeah. a lot less frantic camera shake while we try to kill things. <laughs> yeah, and there's but, a there's actually a video where you can see you and I have. Uh, conversation that's finally. right so, correspondence yeah. between the two of us <laughs> yeah, how about that <laughs> it's uh it just released so uh, scouting around a little bit that's not right. a whole lot uh exciting or anything but just some thoughts yeah from- i mean there's never a bad time of year to be out in the woods and uh tonight we are actually joined by my dad butch smith you'll probably hear me call him dad in the podcast that's i have a unique dad name for him uh Supposedly it's Irish or something. I don't know, but is that you remember that being? I don't a thing? know that it's Irish, but I know Boog. I know where that comes. <laughs> Boog. I call we, him Boog. We come from a family of nicknames. I've been many things. I've been Mongo. I've been <laughs> Quesadillas. Now you're Mondo. A lot Mondo. That's right. <laughs> Lloyd. Lloyd. Uh, yeah, Lloyd. Man, you kind of look like a Lloyd right now. Uh, Nostra, Nostradamus, Nostra, oh, yeah, most commonly Nostra, Nostra. <laughs> I've been a lot of stuff, um, but we are at my parents' house. Uh, this is uh, aptly named Elkhorn Cabin. How uh, high is it to the top? Right, it there? is from the floor to the peak of that ceiling, twenty-seven feet. And You've I've been, been all there. twenty-seven feet You've of it there. a few times. I've thrown you a board. <laughs> yeah. I've thrown you a board up there. So, for sure. cool thing about Elkhorn Cabin is all three of us have worked on Elkhorn Cabin. Yep. Tyler helped me hang a lot of the ceiling in here. Y'all can't see it. It's pretty cool. It's a one by six. It, it kind of you want to say shiplap, but that's not what it is. It's it's just uh, just you know 
wood, hardwood ceilings, pretty much. The the yuppie term would be shiplap, possibly, but it's uh, it's cooler than that. Kind of a white pine, you know. Look, this is a there's a, no lap. Yeah, there's no lap. It's yeah. just ship. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it's, it feels like it too. Uh, so um, there are three elk heads in here. Um, two of which my dad has shot. One I shot. And then Brennan Rhodes still owes me an elk head. Uh, one of these days, hopefully, I'll see it along with Tyler's uh, Frankenstein, eleven-year-old buck. Um, he's had those for two and a half years. He was doing European mounts for us. Given we weren't paying him anything, he just said he'd do it as a buddy deal. Yeah. But that's what happens when you do buddy well, deals. Yeah, it's like I got <laughs> I got a buddy who mows has a mowing business. You mm-hmm. know, he won't let me pay him. Yeah, but he also won't show up when I need him to. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's like half the time I'm like I'm like man, I got to get it done this week. Got somebody coming to look at the house, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and it's like. Two weeks later, I'm still wondering where he's at. You know, mm-hmm. like, dude, I will pay you forty, fifty, seventy bucks. <laughs> right. Like, what? we got to get this done. Come you know on, I mean? I'm trying to sell this place. Come here, <laughs> you got to have a mowed yard. Yeah, yeah. So, um, me and my dad kind of have a pretty special relationship. I was the only child, um, and uh, my parents were pretty young when they had me. Um, you know, relative, relatively like nowadays. I mean, when I'm 31 and just had a first kid, and you were 21, 22, I was 23. It's, it you? wasn't uncommon. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's that's kind of the, and there's still people having kids. Well, we that didn't. Age. Everybody didn't go off to college back then. You yeah, know, wait till they got established or whatever. We just, yeah. Know, like Pop always said, "Boy, we just worried about making a living." That's right. I asked him. I asked him one time, my dad. I said, "Well, what was it like being in the '60s when all that stuff was going on?" He said, "Boy, all we was worried about was." Trying to make a living, yeah. <laughs> all that other stuff didn't matter. Yeah, free and he love. Said, That's and all. California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but me and both my parents, we we uh, I did my best to have a respectful relationship with them. You know, uh, parent son relationship, but also we have a lot of a friendship too between me and my dad and my mom. Uh, I think it's kind of an only child kind of thing, but I'm not. Uh, you don't tell me. I'm not your typical only child. I'm a little outgoing for an only child, I think, but I'm also sort of spoiled as my wife mouthed that to me across the room right now. Um, little does she know the spoilage goes both ways. <laughs> um, but uh, so I know a lot of only, only children, just so you know that. And yeah. you are a lot more outgoing than most of the others. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of them end up being musicians. Not me. No, I'm just saying that's why I know so many. You know what I mean? Like uh, oh, because they're a little different. I played with a bunch yeah. of them. Yeah, they they all uh, the lot of them. Just that's kind of their entertainment when you don't have a sibling to play with. You oh yeah, you either go outside. Casey had a dog you? named yeah. Sam. That's what <laughs> I had yeah. a dog. They kill rats. Yeah, I, dude. I'm telling you, six hours a day. You know, I'd come inside from about twelve to two when it was the heat of the day. And you know, otherwise, me and Sam were outside digging holes, chasing rats. <laughs> Whenever. Uh, how old was I whenever y'all bought Hog Farm Road? Oh, like two or three. So I grew up on Hog Farm Road. Mama you says remember, three. You remember that long ago? I can remember back when I was one. Dude, you're That's nuts. weird. Yeah, it's I weird. Remember, you know, I'll tell you what I remember. This is my first my first exposure to archery. You ready? Mm-hmm. My dad, whenever I was a little kid, he was still running around with some of his buddies, and they were going out there to Ty's Bow Shop and, yeah. and buying PSEs. And cranking them down to like eighty pounds and shooting the Lunamaras. Yeah, and the size of your pinky. That's right. <laughs> big twenty two seventy fives or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember the first place that we ever lived, or second, I guess, as a family. First I can remember was a little trailer house next to my grandparents, oh, yeah. and there was a Lunamara out there that was probably bent. He'd been shooting, you know. <laughs> and I remember 
there was an oak tree in the front yard, and Mama had some bulbs in there, and I was like shoving that era down in that dirt. I wasn't like shoving it in the bulbs, but I just remember shoving that air in that dirt. I mean, how old was I? Uh, you couldn't have been. You were still in diapers. Yeah, I was a little bitty kid. That's just crazy. Yeah, that's I nuts. can't remember. I can barely, I can probably remember a little bit of my house when I was five, but I can't remember any like instances or anything yeah. really. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember a lot from there. I remember y'all sawing down a tree out front. I was pretty young yeah. too. Uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff happened whenever we were living in that little oh, house. Oh, really? Though. Was <laughs> yeah. pit bull somebody dumped out? Oh, had yeah. puppies under the house. They had to, <laughs> they had to dump hamburger meat out on the ground so this he could get. This girl was bad, <laughs> so he can get to the car to go to work. Mm. My granddad shot a hole in the back of the car with a BB gun. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Pop he was, also ran over the car with the three wheeler, <laughs> riven it up. He's like sixty years old, riven up three wheeler, popped it. <laughs> Ran right in the side of a brand new car. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, Mazda three two three. Y'all yeah, were hot exactly. stuff. Exactly. Mm. Well, it's four door. Yeah, that's right. It's what you had to have. But yeah, so you know, y'all kind of exposed me to the outdoors from a young age. And you mentioned Pop, which is your dad. That's what we all, everybody knows him as Pop. Right. Do you know his real name? Mm-mm. Yeah. So his real name's Derwood. No, I know that. Well, yeah. His real name's Lonnie. Nobody knows know that. that for sure. He was yeah. supposed to be LD when he was born, and he never. I don't know if he ever went by LD. Did he? No, he's got no. it carved on his arm with a with a nail. With, <laughs> yeah, they branded. Didn't he like hot butter knife or something, no, or what they do? Like a nail or something. They just oh. got it hot. And I thought you it. said an L. No. Yeah, nail. See, with the accent, it's hard to tell yeah. the difference in nail and ale. <laughs> it's so pretty quick. <laughs> Our, my roommate in college uh, took a hanger and branded his initials into oh, his arm. Boy, that's just my roommate in college yeah. branded a four leaf clover on his butt cheek. <laughs> Y'all can guess which one that was. <laughs> How did snot manage to do No, that? not snot. No. No, not Ooh, snot. Oh, well, I know the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of branding. I don't have any brands. I don't either. I was Except for the element, enough. you know. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a digital lifestyle yeah. brand, right? But um, your I, dad kind of was the, uh, the catalyst to outdoors in our family. Pop oh, most was. definitely. Pop didn't grow up uh, being able to hunt and fish. His family, it was just a dirt poor, work hard, and try to make a living. Cause they yeah. didn't have. I can remember one time my granddad went fishing with us at Lake Quitman, and he really didn't know what to do. He didn't even know how to enjoy himself. It was mm-hmm. just like he was so far out of his element. Yeah, you know, yeah. If yeah. he didn't have a bulldozer controls in his hand, he didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> he tried, but he just couldn't do it. And then Pop, uh, you know, in the late sixties, early seventies, if you just had the the will and the desire to do it. You could just make things, you know, like we'd go to the coast and go fishing. There's no reason to carry a ski boat to the ocean and go fishing in it. But that's how we did it in the 70s. It's just like, boy, I'm going to do it, and we're doing it. Without GPS or anything. Oh, no, we didn't know how to read a compass. Yeah. We'd follow shrimp boats out 15, 20 miles, fish all day, and then hope that somebody went by to follow them back into the jetties. The pop, the ocean, the hoping somebody goes by. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I see a boat going. Let's go follow that one. But pop has goodness. Uh, and when you hit the jetties at the ocean, if you're not good at what you're doing, you're gonna the boat's gonna get swamped and you're going down. Oh, I yeah. mean that timing and them waves. Well, especially the two places y'all went, yeah, San Luis Pass and uh, uh, Port O'Connor. Yeah, it's the second set of jetties, man. It is brutal when those waves, and you got to ride them out. But pop always from running dozer stuff had good depth perception. And man, never had never had a hitch. Yeah. But the one time that we flooded out that 
and had to spend the night. That pretty much done it for me. I was 13 years old. Waves were coming over the front. What? So when you were 13, what was going on in the world? Jaws had just came out. <laughs> we're out there like 25. We carried extra gas. We all went together. Waves got seven or eight foot high. You couldn't see your buddies. CBs. We had CBs. Lost contact with CBs, and we ended up water coming over front of the boat, flooded the motor out, and we had to anchor off all night long. Oh, man. And I'm 13, and wrapped up in a wet tarp, freezing, <laughs> and scared to death. <laughs> Next morning, wake up, we're in a trash line, if you know what that is, where the currents come together, and there's like pallets and moss and weeds, sargasm grass, all piled, shark fins all around the boat. You throw something out, the line's zipping, sharks. <laughs> Boy, I was scared. <laughs> but we hung up about a hundred pound black tip while we were fishing, and Pop said, "Boy, stand up and fight him." I ain't standing up. <laughs> I scared, man. I was scared. Oh, Didn't man. you cut the line on that or something? I stayed down in the bottom of the boat, holding on to the foil. The line zipping out and gets wrapped around a cleat and cuts oh, okay. it off. You know, but yeah, we had a a boatload of sharks back then. You know, with no limits on nothing. Yeah, kingfish, sharks. You aren't doing anything with the sharks. I remember you. T- we were eating them. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. Fry them hot grease makes they taste good. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. Is there any other way? <laughs> didn't y'all? Isn't that same story? Didn't y'all put a shark in the ice chest and it went to having pups? Oh, they all did. Any they are you know migrating through whatever they do to mm-hmm. to have the babies, the pups, and you'd put a shark in it, be five in there after a while. You know, yeah. all about a pound and a half. Baby sharks mm-hmm. in the ice chest. Yeah, yeah it's making more fish. Making more fillets, right? That's right. That's right. Fry them whole. So, y'all were, when y'all going out there, what were you trying to do? Just we, have fun? Or you? No, at that time, we always went out 15, 20 miles and got around the oil rigs. Uh-huh. And uh, we could catch kings. We caught the state record kingfish in about 76. We didn't know it was a state record. Look, we had to cut it in four pieces to get an ice chest. <laughs> when we got it back in, it weighed 59 pounds, all the pieces. After just the pieces bled just out the and pieces, everything. Just the pieces, just the hunks of the kingfish. 59 pounds. And a record then wasn't but like 45 or 50. It's like 72 now, I think, oh, or something. Yeah, it was a huge. That's still 59 pounds. It's giant. It burned up a four-alt reel when it, yeah. we, we hung it. It Oof, was a big That's a fish. smoker. But we were going out. We went out that time 35 miles to get out. We thought we'd get out further and catch red snapper. And we caught a few, but nothing nothing too big. And that's when you caught that 59-pounder? Y'all went out 30? No, that was a different How time. do you know you went 35 miles? That's how far those rigs were. Oh, we, you all had a map? Well, and there you was could... four or five guys in other boats with us when we went out. It was oh. all, you know, they didn't talk to We're talking... Paul Lawrence, Jerry Bob Goodell, Freddie Rowell. I said, all right, let's get out there and go. That's what we did. <laughs> and we got out there, but we couldn't get back. <clears throat> um, but I had been out there one time with me and Pop and Jerry Bob. The waves we estimated were 13 foot high. You could not see over or behind. You had to stay on the back side of the wave. You, this, we turned around, and we're out 20 miles. It's like, oh, we got to turn around. It's a little rough. So we're riding back in. Here I am, 12. And I am scared because all I can see is a wall of water behind me and a wall of water in front of me, and he's just riding that wave all the way back. And I look behind us, and a billfish comes up through her bait line and just thrashing. I never said a word because I was afraid he was going to slow down. <laughs> I was like, nope, we, don't, home. we don't need that fish. I don't know what it is, but we don't need it. Why did y'all even have lines out at that well, point we in time? we were fishing. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> Golly. I mean, these waves were monsters. Mm. So is that the same time? I know there's a story that y'all brought some of your uh, hillbilly cousins down there. They got to the jetties and didn't want to oh, go right. out. Oh, well, I have an uncle that was in the Navy, 
and he was on the Navy ship, never had no problem. But in the ocean, in a smaller vessel, you know, he got pretty sick. So we left them on the jetties, and we're going to come back by and get them. Well, this, and this ain't jetties that the town's right there. No, no. This is out a, on a barrier it's island. It's a second set of jetties yeah, it's at Port deserted. Yeah, it's an island with jetties. Seven or eight hours later, we come back by and pick them up. <laughs> You know <laughs> what they do? They sit around up there, afraid to move because there's rattlesnakes all over them. Like there are rattlesnakes everywhere. It's like the time we left Plunkett on the beaver dam. <laughs> he's, he's scared of the canoe. canoe. He's like, I can't swim. Put me on this beaver. Me and KC come back three or four hours later. He's still sitting on beaver dam, catfishing, and fire ants were all over. They just eat him alive the whole time. <laughs> Dang. Had to get out of the canoe. Oh, mm, that's that rough. was over in. Uh, uh, running Creek. Running Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's back when the catfish used to go crazy over there. Mm, but, man. Yeah, a lot of fun stories. And then, <clears throat> really, my first experience, well, first experience in the in a boat with the two of y'all on the coast was at the same spot, at the jetties. Oh, uh, man, Pop. Yeah, I went, something, like when you're a kid, you're fascinated by the ocean, right? And me, especially, and I think you probably were like this, too just like some of the stuff we've shared with each other, but uh, like just something about just the idea of the ocean, not knowing what you're going to catch, yeah, you know, that kind of thing just just drives you crazy. And I think we had uh, farmed some watermelons that summer, and that was our vacation money. Was oh, that's summer. how we always, if we yeah. made any money raising watermelons, we'd go, we went to Venice, Louisiana one time, mm-hmm. yeah. tuna fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But. Everybody came back with some type of problem with the gastrointestinal yeah, system. Exactly. <laughs> from that Got one. Beat today. Yeah. So, uh, that 24 hour trip? No. About near. It was, uh, we're going 52 miles offshore. The guy tells me, we can go on this old center console, it'll run 52. We'll be there in an hour. Or we can go on this cabin cruiser, it'll take four hours to get there. You got four hours to fish and it's four hours back in. I said, man, let's go on a fast boat. Mm-hmm. I want to go fast. Well, 52 and four or five foot waves will just pound. Mm-hmm. Well, they set us up on that little yeah, on squishy front. cooler on the front where, you know, the nose of the boat's doing this. Yeah. They're back there in the captain's chairs just easing right along, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, we well, got we figured out death. on the way back in to get behind the console, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we also, here's what we do, and you know this about me already. This is where I learned it. When we go on a trip, it ain't like, oh, let's go halfway, sleep, wake up the next day and go. We left to go to Venice, Louisiana, like 3 p.m. in the afternoon, and we got there at like 3.30 in the morning, and we we're supposed to get well, on the boat after at 4.30. we got lost in New Orleans. Yeah, we got lost in <laughs> New Orleans. Hey, don't get lost in New Orleans. Uh, I don't want to. At midnight. <laughs> it ain't a good place to be. I've been knowing Ooh. where I was at in New Orleans at midnight, and it was not a good thing. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we were uh, uh, <clears throat> pulling a boat, flat-bottom boat, Right? No, we was in that little white Mazda. Just no, me. we didn't take the white Mazda to yes, we New did. Orleans. Yes, we did. No way. No, we, we took it to Port Aransas. Uh-uh. No. We slept in it. No, we that got was it. in Port Aransas. I'm telling you. All right, whatever you say. We're but either the- way, I think we brought the boat because nope. we were going to try to fish on the water. <laughs> oh, we did. And we waited. We waited around and fished. And that's when the game warden came up and said, Talking about Pop said, can you do anything with him? I said, no. So I'm gonna, no didn't I, have his fishing he, license or nothing. He ain't got a saltwater stamp. He ain't got, he's got a flounder in his back pocket. In my, <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. He's 75. I can't do nothing with him. You do something with him. It's your job. But, I'm not going to break the law, but I ain't going to say We nothing. got lost in New Orleans. Uh, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and uh, this cop pulls up and can tell by – 
what we look like that we wasn't supposed to be there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was headed he into the store to ask for directions. It's for GPS or cell phones or anything. I'm headed into the store in New Orleans to ask for directions. As I'm walking towards the store, a fella comes around the corner towards me, and a lady <clears throat> lady comes walking across the street towards me. I'm nearly to the door, and a cop comes flying up. What are you doing here? I said, bud, we're lost. Follow me. Get in your truck and follow me. <laughs> He's got us out of there. Oh, man. There's that was before the hurricane stuff. You know, things are a lot different back then, I think. I think it's it's a little bit different town now yeah you know a lot of that stuff kind of got destroyed <clears throat> messed up but yeah we went to venice and went tuna fishing well yeah that's not what you're supposed to do in venice you're supposed to go red fishing in venice but we <laughs> yeah. didn't know i wanted we to go want to catch tuna. fishing yeah that's the whole time the whole reason we started going was that you called the chamber of commerce down there trying to figure that out i asked them i said who can carry us tarpon fishing what are you saying I want yeah, to this go. before internet, right? You had to call, you had to get on the phone and call the Chamber of Commerce of some yeah, city right. to mm-hmm. get you into the direction. That's how you used to get deer leases. Well, too. Call this person, man. I want to go tarpon fishing. What are you saying, tarpon? Tarpon. You want to catch tarpon? She thought yeah. we were saying carp. Yeah. Are you saying carp? <laughs> you want to go carp fishing? No, no. Tarpon. Not driving there to go carp fishing. Go no. Catch a tarpon. Well, somehow or another, we got a hold of this guide who was... Uh, it was Ver- Venice Marina. It was the biggest deal yeah. going mm-hmm. at the time. Well, he was running out of there. I don't think he worked No, for his Venice. dad was owned it. Oh, really? Yeah, this guy, this young guy we went out with, him and his buddy, his dad owned Venice Marina before the hurricane, so mm-hmm. it doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's down there. They rebuilt and stuff. Well, I know they've rebuilt, but the building we went to. Yeah, no, it looked a lot different back then. Y'all went tuna fishing? We yep. went boat riding. Boat riding. We saw some big tuna. Oh, man. We saw some couch-sized tuna. Really? Yeah, they were schooling like sand bass, but it water's 2,000 foot deep. By the time you get to them, they're down, and you're trying to, you know. We were throwing big poppers. For them. Well, we tried to troll uh, rainbow runners or something. Yeah. Um, and, we caught uh, a few small ones. Up. Yeah. No, we came home with like four, like 20, 25 pounds. Right. We probably fried them because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. <laughs> well, of course we did. <laughs> you know? I got to get some more coconut perfect. oil. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Beautiful, you know, tuna fish, you know, yellowfin tuna fish fillets. I'm sure we fr- we saw some mm. people catch a pretty good size while we were out there. I caught a barracuda. Yeah, that was cool. That's cool. You know, I was like 11 or 12. You know, barracuda is a pretty cool thing. Oh yeah. You know, I was oh, pretty yeah. stoked about that. But they, I mean, my dad and him, y'all were getting broke off on poppers, and yeah, they we ended up. Well, we had brought because we're rednecks. We brought some of our fishing stuff mm-hmm. too. You know, guys love it when yeah. you do that. <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, they broke off enough poppers. That y'all took a popping cork yeah. and rigged it and turned it into a topwater. And, 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 and it worked. It worked. It had like a treble hook off the back of it, and you take that popping cork, you know, and it just the treble hook's right at the back, right? Uh-huh. It's not like it's hanging off like a, a leader. Yeah. And you just chunk that thing out there. Cha-chung, cha-chung, cha-chung. What was hitting it? 20, 25-pound yellow fins. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. It was cool. Yeah. I wasn't big enough to chunk that big rod at that point in so time. So them big yet. ones y'all saw were schooling. Yeah, 100, 150 oh, pounders. It was the size of this love seat. Oh, <laughs> it was cool. Were they jumping out of water? Yeah. yeah. Dang, man. They're coming up from 2,000 foot, seeing bait, well, however, they, that's how deep the water was, seeing bait and just exploding like sand bass on the top. And within 30 seconds, they're gone. Yeah. And then you look, and they're a mile over there. And they're, but we're all around these oil rigs 52 miles out. It's pretty cool. There's mm-hmm. blue, blue water out yeah, there. I bet. Uh, so we didn't, <clears throat> I didn't sleep a lick that night because I was so excited, you know, mm-hmm. being a young preteen and uh when we showed up i was digging hunks of rotten meat out of the 
the trash can and catching hardheads in the canal. That's how excited I was to go. <laughs> hey, that yeah. stuff was glowing in the dark. Yeah, like, I had some bioluminescence. Yeah, it was doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. We were like, what's it? You know, we didn't have a clue, right? We were like, man, there's some kind of like chemical down here in the water. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Shut all that damn chemical waste. <laughs> yeah, but I remember I almost fell in the water asleep. Like, I remember I almost <clears throat> fell off the boat. And, Just- uh, too tired, huh? Just too yeah, tired. Yeah. And no, that's, no way to do it. Yeah, and we made, you know, trying to just force it. And part of it, I mean, was because you were working nights at the milk plant, right. and, you know, you didn't have it. Time off was limited, and I don't know, Pop was probably bulldozing still at that point in I time. I think he probably was. We just tried to do stuff on weekends, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's, that's how the world used to work and still does for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you and I are bum enough that we don't do things on the weekend, but we also I've been eat reconsidering fish. who I actually am. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm not I sure know. if I'm. When doing you start it right. actually having grown man bills, you're like, "Dad, gummit, my <laughs> uh, <laughs> mortgage." Oh, um, but yeah. So that we did that in pretty much less than 24 hours, we were back with four or five tuna fish, yeah. and uh, we then kind of fished our way back. Yeah, up. fished our way back. What? In the bays and stuff like that. Yeah. I was thinking about the hotel we stayed in. Oh, man. We stayed in a sketch hotel like an orange or something yeah, like that. Man, I, no, no empathy or no sympathy here because I've stayed in some sketch hotels. I mean, in my this life. was bad, yeah. man. This I've, been was... in, I've been, okay, I'm not, I'm not that weird about bed bugs and stuff, you know, when I stay at hotels, but I have, uh, I, there's been one time when we were recording an album in, an album in Austin. Uh, we, we got out, you know, studio like 2 a.m., and we're like, man, we got to find a place to crash. We went up to this place called the Sands Motel, South Austin, and had bars in the windows. Mm. And we go up there, and they're like wondering if we're going to thug them when we come up, you know. And they, we pay it and everything like that, and we walk in, and it is, I mean, it's straight out of a Hollywood horror scene. It's just like you walk in, and there's like the TV's on, but it's like black and white, you know, right. flashing. You're like, what is going on in here? I walk in, I start checking closets and stuff, and I, no lie, it was you know it was cold, so I had a jacket, um, and I slept on top of the covers in my jacket, my pants, and my shoes that yeah. night. And I, I've never done that, man. I've stayed in some bad hotels. It was, it was bad. That's bad. that not. In the past, you couldn't plan as well as you can now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Your cell phones, you know, you got all the. Me and my cousin went to Lake Texoma striper fishing. We caught one really pretty good striper, <laughs> but we spent the night in about the same deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're laying there, and my cousin Poncho, he says, BS, I think that's a blood. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a blood stain on the wall. <laughs> he said, "If I'll pay for it, let's go. To, let's go to Denison and get a Holiday Inn." I was like, "Man, it ain't that bad." Oh, let's go. And we did. We got up and left. It was terrible. Mm, man, yeah, that's that's a. Uh, I can't believe you only caught one striper up there. Well, we were. Uh, we really didn't know what we was doing. Yeah. And how we caught that one, it was wounded swimming around up on top. <laughs> I said, it's about to die. And he threw that dip net over the top of it to pick it up and look at it. And it was a humongous striper. <laughs> and it exploded. You know, it, I guess it got stunned somehow or something. I don't know. Maybe it had been exploded. caught. I mean, it exploded to life. Oh, when okay. He, you know, yeah. dip it up. You know, like you've done two yeah. catfish on the Trinity. Yeah. Grab them things. Let's look at them. Well, by the time you get to it, that's when it comes. It's got right. one more. Let's good. get back to the striper story, but tell them about that two catfish thing because I've never heard or seen that. Like, you know, I went to school for marine biology for a short stint, right? right? Like, nobody ever talked about this. 
Oh, we were on the Trinity River. We used to run it a lot. Not a lot. We did it some trying to get the – we always wanted to catch a big alligator gar, you know, and then we've seen them seven, eight foot long, 300 pounds. Like, I got to catch one of those. We're cutting up the river from uh, – wasn't that Trinidad? River? No, it's uh, Riverside. Yeah, Riverside. Mm-hmm. Top side of what lake is it? Livingston. Lake Livingston, yeah. We're about five or six miles up, and we're going along pretty fast in the boat. And look up, and there's two 15, 20-pound catfish. I thought they had gotten a trot line and twisted up on each other. We get closer, and they're actually mouth-to-mouth locked up on each other like this, you know. And I'm like, Casey, grab it. By the time he does, they turn loose and swim off. I, I think they were territorial fights or something going. You know, they yeah, they're just like fighting or something. It was I weird. Thing. They wouldn't let go of each other. No, no they, they had each other by the jaw. Maybe they're trying to eat each other or something. I don't <laughs> that's know. Weird. They were they were mad. That's what I think. Yeah, it's a strange deal. But on that striper trip, is that the one where y'all saw smoke curling off the well, end that of the rock? Me and Eric. <laughs> Eric and I were on Lake Texas. My Eric had an aluminum low boat. Was a good boat. Take rough water. It's thundering and lightning carrying on, and the guide that we had run up on down there, we was talking to, he's like, man, I don't think we ought to be going out, but I'm going, I'm getting paid. Well, I guess we will, too. We're out there with four or five of the other boats. Eric had built him a homemade rod holder that stuck his, he like a 10-foot surf casting rod, you know, that's about what he had, sticking straight up, and it's cloudy and carrying on. A little while, whoom, lightning, thunder and lightning. Look over the top of his rod, and there's black smoke curling off there. I was like, whoo, we might want to get on the bank. You know, an aluminum boat out in the middle of the lake, Texoma? No, Texoma will eat you. It's like to walk in the it'll eat you. It's, yeah, for sure. You get the chance, it will eat you. Well, that's what I was going to say about, you know, stripers is, I mean, guides can go out there and smoke them but yeah, yeah. it's such a big lake man i mean you could be way off of the school if you don't know what you're doing yeah oh yeah it's just luck you know i had a i had a um, teacher in high school that got struck twice on by lightning and was alive you know teaching afterwards still oh no kidding. yeah he got struck once in a boat fishing and once on a bike i think um i think that was it but, yeah yeah crazy he he kind of um you know, you could tell he had he had been hit by lightning. You know, could you really? Yeah, he he kind of had some like slow things that he would yeah. do. Nicest man you'd ever you would ever meet, man. Loved him, but uh, yeah, he was he was a little bit had some weird things. <laughs> Kids like to make fun of him quite yeah. a bit, you know. Yeah. So, man, but, it, we've done some like <clears throat> sketchy weather stuff throughout. You know, run around him, and really, my dad. Of the three of us, me, my dad, my granddad, he's the one who is the most sound-minded in situations like that, <laughs> usually. Um, <clears throat> but like, it's always like, oh, we can do it, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, bow fishing was like a cool thing, mm-hmm. right? And my granddad has a bow fishing boat pretty much. He's since adapted it to... Well, we went offshore twelve miles in it one time. It's a nineteen foot. It's a nineteen foot flat bottom, and we were offshore. And the whole time I'm saying, "Don't let's don't do it." KC's fourteen, fifteen, pops seventy. Ah, oh, we can make it. It'll be no problem. Yeah. Well, we made it. I know. We saw some cool stuff. And the next weekend, what happened? You know, so the motor it had, it had a, like a nineteen seventy nine Mercury on it, and this is about two thousand and four. Whenever you know, just a not very proven motor. We went out. 12 miles to a, a oil rig, caught some cool stuff, trigger fish, uh, some little gag groupers man, or something. Yeah, mangrove group, mangrove snapper or something. Yeah, like. some, you know, rednecks fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Carried a little squid, a little shrimp out there with us, you know, <laughs> just did her thing. And, uh, well, came back, and then me and Pop were out on Tawakini the next weekend, that motor blows a piston. <laughs> 
We were on Tawagany. We could have been 12 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico, headed to Mexico. But luckily, yeah. good Lord said, no, y'all y'all come back I'm home. always says we're going to Cuba. That's what he says, boy. If the motor blows. No, we no, were, no. Yeah. The we other were Cuba. at the oil rigs one time. Pop and I were tied up to oil rigs 15, 20 miles out. I'm like 12, 13. We went a lot back then. <clears throat> I'm on the front of the boat, you know, Little gold hook with a shot and weight. And I'm just slapping that gold hook in the water. And every time it hits the water, I don't know what there was, but I have about 100 of them in the front of the boat. About <laughs> uh, little AJs. I don't really know what they were. Pops at the back of the boat, and there's a fish under the boat as big as the boat. And I'm like, what is it? And I, is it a moonfish? No, the- you're probably talking about like a sunfish. Or, yeah, sunfish. Or, yeah. What a moa moa is yeah, up there called? Yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. know what it was, but it was down there, and you could see it. Pops like, it won't hit nothing, but if I hang it, we go into Cuba. That's what, what it's, it's just, it won't yeah. hit, and it, you could see it down there. It was just barely moving. It was as big as the boat. I was like, "What is? It? I was scared yeah. again." Oh, <laughs> he was doing paddlefish snag. Wasn't yeah, it? Oh, about, yeah. I don't know what the heck it was, but I assume that's probably what it was. Yeah. It was a big fish. Oh, man, man, they got some cool stories. Oh, so. Well, I was telling the bowfish story. We got to get back to the coast because there's too many good ones there. But <laughs> we were out, me, my dad, Pop, and then my friend Tyler Francis, who was uh, one of my running buddies from probably about five to we graduated, right? And Tyler was a little bit scaredy, I guess you could say. Hmm, biggest kid you ever been around. Oh, yeah. Big kid. I could always just, I could always put him on oh, the ground. I know, I know who he is. Do you? He's related to Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Aaron's yeah. cousin. I know him. He's huge. Yeah, yeah giant. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that point in time, he wasn't that big. We, I was probably thirteen. He was twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, we were gone out bow fishing that night, and I hadn't seen a whole lot. But a front blew in while we were out, and we didn't really realize it while we were because we were up in coves and stuff, you know. But we knew it was getting cold, and then we started hit. It's like time to hit back. So we start heading back across the lake, and it's kind of rough. But it's at night; you can't really see what's going on. We, you know, we had the lights on or whatever, but apparently we were taking on a decent amount of water with waves. <laughs> with a generator running? With a generator bottom. running. <laughs> we pull up to the 154 boat ramp, and somebody's going to you know get out to go get the truck or whatever. And whenever we cut the engine off, Pop's driving, the back of the boat just goes, Whoo. we sank the boat right there. And <laughs> the wind was out. The wind was getting it, dude, and that boat sank. Probably in like what three foot of water, yeah. something like that. You well, know, the boat. I got to give the boat this. It doesn't sink. It just fills up with water. Pops <laughs> fill it up with water four or five times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last time he called me, he said, "Well, I sunk my boat. It's over here at the mouth of birds coming in." <laughs> so we get five gallon buckets. Me and a friend go over. We're going to bail him out. Well, Pop had left the bills pump running. And when we get there, the boat is pumped out, floating, and it's just floating around out there. <laughs> People are like, whose boat is that? <laughs> yeah, they probably thought somebody's dead. You yeah, know. right. Where's the guy that goes yeah. with this yeah. boat? Yeah, we've, we've seen some weird stuff at the lodge there, kind of, you know, oh, same, same type of stuff. Actually, Cody, uh, he bought a boat from my dad uh, that my dad used as a rental boat for a long time at the lodge. And, you know, a north wind hits the retainer oh, wall mm-hmm. there at the lodge. And so... Uh, you know, most of our stalls for the bass boats are on that that facing the north side, open. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he left it in there. And man, when a storm, we've had it has several boats sink in a storm right from there. the north. Yeah, because yeah. no, because the boats are the back of the boat. The lowest part of it is mm-hmm. facing into the wind. You know, and them waves just crashing. He sunk his boat. Man, I got a I got a good picture of him. Man, <laughs> he's sitting there with his boat sunk in the background, just two thumbs up, smiling <laughs> as big as he can. He just looks stressed, man. That's funny. Well, 
that night, Pop wasn't old, but he's older. He's probably 65. Yeah, probably so. And uh, we were trying to recover the situation, and uh, it got to where we were just going through it the next morning. But he got hypothermia and had to go to the truck. He got so cold. And it was a wind blowing 30, 40 yeah. miles an hour. It wasn't that cold. It was probably 55 or something. Yeah, probably 50, 55. But I, the closest I ever come in freezing death was about 50. Yeah. I got wet in the rain, and the wind was blowing, and I didn't know if I was making back truck. I mean, mm-hmm. it can, hypothermia can get you. Yeah. And it liked to got popped that night. Yeah. Well, we had to come mm-hmm. back the next morning to recover the boat and everything. And uh, my dad had lost his wallet, left his wallet in the boat. We get there, and there's dollar bills all in the waves. Well, there was three or four. I wouldn't say it was all. Yeah, there was some 20s and a couple but of didn't you, like, you had like 30 something dollars and yeah. you covered $26 worth yeah, of it? Yeah, right. it was in the bottom of the boat. And they they were all right there. In the, we got the dip net out and got all the the, the, the money out. Oh, my that was the, That was, you know, kind of the redeeming factor of the whole he thing. He was and, the original make it rain dude. That's right, he? dude. Yeah. Dead gummy. He was making it rain. But, I mean, <laughs> that was kind of weird because nothing bad really happened out of that deal. We got the nah, boat well, unsunk. and It was poor judgment. Yeah. That's what it was. We should have never sure. went in the first place. And I was saying, let's don't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there y'all are, teenagers and pop. He don't need much encouragement. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't right now. He's 81. Oh, we and call him right yeah. now. Yeah, call Brenham. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go bow fishing? Man? They up in there rolling, yeah, right? Let's go bison hunting. That's what he says. <laughs> About them buffaloes. Yeah, yeah buffaloes. Yeah. <clears throat> and we seen them at the Hagerman today. A really? I told Hagerman National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah. They told me about all the rough fish and stuff were there. You know, we went over looking for birds. There's a 70s word for you, rough fish. Yeah. yeah. Rough fish. Well, you know, rough. <laughs> I'd say early 2000s is about the time it petered out. Yeah. Though, you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but there were a lot of carp and buffalo rolling and carrying yeah. on. Yeah. And people getting cooked over trying to catch a channel cat. I mean, there's no trees or nothing. Ugh, man. It's a it's a cool place to visit, though. What y'all do over there? We were looking for birds, and we saw quite a uh, yellow warbler, uh, northern perula, we're pretty sure. And uh, the one that I hadn't seen, I don't believe, was a red-throated, uh, no, red-necked ferrolope, I believe is what it's called. But uh, it's a shore bird, but, you know, we've seen 51 different bird species. We're pretty happy with That's it. cool. Good they, just, they got, like... Marshes over there and stuff. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, y'all yeah. been y'all been doing. Um, or Carrie's been doing some Instagram stuff. She has. She's got what is it? Carrie dot Butch dot Birding. Yeah, is the Instagram Butch and Carrie Birding? I think you yeah, can search one of those or whatever. You'll find it. Elkhorn yeah. Cabin. She has a few things she's made for birding related yeah. for education of kids. The bird thing on Instagram, y'all. Y'all. My mom's an artist. A real good one. And uh, I grew up playing this thing called the memory game, where it's like a matching game or whatever, you know. And then she decided to throw a nature twist on it, pretty much, and has painted up a bunch of bird cards. Yeah, bird artific- identification cards yeah. to teach young kids. And we thought about Stone when we were doing it, you know. That's- Stone's my son. We got some for my kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure did. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, They're cool. I like them. It's kind of a, uh, you know, when your kid's four or five years old and not able to to go chase alligators yet you know you got to find something with <laughs> yeah. them. look at birds <laughs> yeah when they're not 13 and yeah. can't go out you know yeah, 20 go, miles out in yeah. the ocean you know catch shark yeah exactly <laughs> tyler and, and uh, his wife have got and the kids have got the best bird feeder you ever seen now uh, that's mm-hmm. what he they bought a mulberry tree and all of a sudden it's 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 bird central mm-hmm. it's cool they man. love it man i uh if the kids will stay off the mulberries journey loves them, I was, them talking to you, I was talking to butch earlier and 
We both agreed we we're not our favorite thing in the world. Yeah. I can eat them, and they're, they're yeah, all right. Okay. But I'd sure rather eat a blackberry oh, or a fig. Too. Those are coming. Or a good old peach off the peach tree. <laughs> eat the birds off of that. Yeah. But a mulberry is a uh, bird attractant. We you know we found that out when we lived under at the Nature Center. There's a few mulberry trees, and there's always tanagers on it. Yeah. Yeah. So we grew up hunting a lot, and uh, I actually kind of got a job. I've talked about this podcast a lot, but I worked for the state doing nuisance animal control, mostly hogs and coyotes. And then uh, y'all ended up moving down south near where I was, kind of following me and kind of doing your own thing too. Um, and y'all got had a pretty good, cool gig going while you were oh, we down there. we had a lot of fun with it. I worked at Swing Bridge. Kerry worked in Sweeney, and we lived at the Matagorda County Birding Nature Center, which was right on the Colorado River. What's a Swing Bridge? Uh, swing Bridge is for traffic going back and forth from Sargent to the island. <clears throat> Excuse me. Across the Intercoastal Canal? Across the ICW. Yeah. And uh, it's basically car traffic, but when a barge comes up the ICW, you got to get this bridge out of the way, which is, they've almost got the the overhead bridge completed. The guy sent me a picture of it today. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting right there, and the ICW's there, and the, the ocean's about a half a mile, from, not even that far, a quarter of a mile, so I'm looking at everything. And you're in... It's flat, flat down yeah. there, and, and you're elevated. 30 feet up. Right. I had the best view as far as bird watching and, you know, whatever. Yeah, and y'all, was, you just punched a button every once in a while. That's about it. Swung the bridge out of the way and watched the oyster catchers or the Wilson's Farallope and the Avocets. You and know, the green herons and uh, what, what was I, it, was white a, crown night herons at yeah, night? Yeah, all, all the time on the cables down there, you know, redfish coming in under the lights that I had to keep people off the bridge because there's like 55 and 6 pound redfish all out underneath the lights and mm. I'd walk the bridge at night shining the spotlight and there's just shrimp just lined up on the bridge you know up and down it you could see their eyes going it was way cool yeah. we enjoyed it but the swing bridge was like I mean it was cool but that was like one of the lesser cool things y'all had going down there right where you lived oh way where we lived was fantastic yeah uh, y'all the, lived at the nature center at right? the nature center and it was uh, some folks had really put a lot of money into it in the past, and it had a lot of fruit trees, figs, oranges. Uh, Tyler read the benefits of that the other day. I did. We were down there. Got those pomelo, uh, pomelos. Oh, yeah, you, know? yeah, you went. Yeah. Got some loquats, but they weren't – I don't think they were quite ready when right. we got them. They were real sour. Here's the problem. All that stuff, not necessarily so much the citrus, but the loquats and the figs and the mulberries – you never and there's two or the three peaches. Big peaches, yeah, all over it. I go by and there's like peaches and pecan trees and all these mustang grapes. Well, you're thinking I'm gonna get those. Well, about the time they get ripe, they're gone. Yeah, because the birds and the squirrels. I mean, it's it's <laughs> unbelievable. Mm. And did you see any alligators there? We did. Yeah, we saw one. Yeah, oh, cool. about a six footer, maybe five six footer. Everywhere, um, anywhere in that area that there's fresh water, it's got alligators. You might not mm. see them, but they're in there. Mm-hmm. You know, KC was. Wading ran out in that uh, canal behind the nature center, catfishing, you remember? Mm-hmm. And like a week later, right there, and there's like an eight or nine foot alligator swimming up. And I was like, yeah. Well, I was trying to catch yeah. alligator gar on a fly. Yeah, and you caught- I hung a couple of them. I was about to break the record hardcore. Oh, that's where, okay, yeah. I, I'm putting it together now. Yeah, yeah. And I was about to break the record like, ain't nobody going to touch this if I could land one. I mean, we're talking six or seven footers. Yeah, they were big alligators. Big alligator gars. It's in rice canals. Yeah. And, uh, I was casting at those guards, and, like, I'd bring it over one or whatever, and if he didn't hit, uh, I was just bringing it in and ended up catching, like, two 12- or 13-pound blue cats or channel. I don't know what they uh, were. Probably uh, big male channels, I bet. Probably so. Uh, on a fly rod, just in this nasty old canal. I was like, Dang. well, this is cool. It is cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's a cool place. Were the uh, zip lines there when you were there? Yeah, yeah. yeah we were part of We rode those. Uh, agreeing with putting them up at that time. Uh, that place kind of hurts. Uh, the, the outdoor interest, y'all know how it is for kids nowadays. They spend a lot mm-hmm. of time inside. They go to school. They're playing on the computer. They got games they're playing. And we were trying to do everything we could to get kids interested in coming to the nature center. And we did a lot of outdoor education. We'd go to the Boys and Girls Club there in Bay City and educate the kids and have a good time, get them interested and carry them around on the tram and play games, you know. I had a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, you're always trying to <clears throat> figure out new ways to get kids interested. Man, in it's, a, it's a battle for me. with the. I got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old, and they're, you know, my – my wife talked me into letting my my eight year old get a you know Nintendo or whatever, and I was I was real I was against it big time. But I mean, we all know right now that our <laughs> our wives can make us do things that we don't mm-hmm. want to sometimes. And so uh, he, you know, and I'm all about being outside yeah, yeah. and growing up. I grew grew up doing it. You know, I grew up just I catfished all summer long, every right. day, all day. That was what I did. You know. And, I mean, I, I had a Nintendo when I was, you know, probably before I was a teenager, you know. But I don't think I played it they a whole lot. They weren't quite as addicting when we were kids, man. They, not as real and yeah, cool, The you games know? were different. Yeah. You know, I mean, having a Mario Kart party was a thing. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like you can went home every day and just played Mario Kart. No, I mean, playing by yourself was not all that fun, yeah. really. So, I don't know. It's But it's a battle, man, because I got to, you know, every time I turn around... He's on that thing, you know, and I'm like, get off of it, you know. I mean, and if you don't ask me next time, you're going to not be on it for another day, you know. But it's just, it's weird because uh, we've we've gone on some big trips. I'm sure you, Casey's probably told you about that the last couple of years. Um, In the summertime, just big, long family trips, camping all the way, you know, and everything. And, and, uh, I mean, we did 28 days last year, and we only stayed in – uh, we only stayed the night twice in two spots. And so we were moving, you right. know what I mean? We were traveling and, um, I mean, they didn't hardly, the year before they didn't have Nintendo or anything and that, and last year they didn't use it that much at all. I mean, if we're traveling and keep them pretty entertained, oh, yeah. it's a deal, but in like when you're sitting here in East Texas in June or July and it's a hundred degrees outside, I mean, it's kind of like, well, I can't really force you to go get outside out, and get yeah. burnt and dehydrated you know i mean i don't know it's it's a it's a battle right now that i'm trying to figure out how to navigate you know I, something whatever it takes to perk their interest in the outdoors you know for a kid a lot of times you won't oh, let's go fishing oh, we're gonna bass fish well go perch fishing or go sand bass fishing just it's like honestly hunting uh, if a kid has the opportunity to shoot a lot, you know, duck hunting, you know, mm. if you have a good spot or maybe dove hunting or something, that kind of keeps them entertained. But at the same time, you know, they're they're getting to do stuff, you know. That's yeah. what they, mm-hmm. And reeling in a sand bass every two seconds is a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. when, you're, when you're in them, you know. Yeah. yeah, that was some of the most fun you and I had was who could get to 25 the fastest. Oh, yeah. Boy, <laughs> yeah, that was and, fun. And who's going to clean all these? Yeah, days? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one thing Pop's good at is cleaning fish. We do catch and release. I uh, if I go crappie fishing, I don't want my limit of crappie. I want three or four, and that's all I'm going to eat. I don't like to freeze them. And, that's uh, that's coming from a guy who fishes a lot. Me, I don't get to catch crappie very often. So you want them? there's about one time a year that I catch crappie and keep yeah. them. That one day I'm trying to get like 25 if I can. And I've you know I've I've been a little bit more this year than I had the last couple of years, and I catch a 
I think we've Casey and I a couple times been together and caught two or three, you know, here yep. and there. And mm-hmm. I just I usually will throw those back if they're still alive, you know. It's like the other day we went, we caught two. I was like, yeah. I need one more. Yeah, we caught three. One of them I slung back to you, and he fell off as he was coming in the yeah. boat and hit the boat and went in. That gimmick. And then I missed, I lost that one right off the bat, you know. But yeah, yeah, we, it, I don't know. I, I like catching a mess of them and having, I mean, it's like, when, it's almost like, uh, like crawfish, or if you go down yeah. and buy fresh shrimp, it's like, man, you get it like twice a year, yeah. you know, and you, it's a kind of a special deal for me, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. But you got, you live right here well, on the I lake. Well, I just don't really like them frozen, is my deal, I think. Yeah, that's on anything. Good point. Yep. I'd rather catch them like I got <clears throat> one channel cat right now. I'd, That'll make a meal for me. He weighs two and a half, three pounds, and that's man. That's, you got him tonight. Yeah. Well, how'd you catch him on a chatterbait? Chatter chatter on chatterbait. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that big app I caught on the jerk bait. <laughs> weighed like fifty pounds. It was like I got a new world. Hey, record. this app has grown a little bit every every time. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, he's not bad about doing that. But this he one was has forty two last time I heard. I know. Well, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's big. Either he way. ate eight pound bass just before he got <laughs> over. It was a big fish to be. Catching on a bass rod. Uh, I promise oh. you. So earlier you were talking about, you know, peaking their interest and stuff. I can remember a lot of different things that we did growing up. And I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there was some point in time you can remember me kind of falling away from outdoor interest and having to get me back into it and stuff. But do you remember the thing that, like, I really gravitated towards? Or was it just kind of a, a big mix? My, I think you kind of liked duck hunting, really, when you were nine, ten years really? old. Really? Yeah, because we had that pond behind the house. Yeah, and I that's and true. you killed a redhead, and man, you thought oh, that was dude. like I stalked it. Dude, I remember it was that. like a golden st- bird. Oh you know? yeah, it was like, this oh the yeah, coolest bird ever. <laughs> I felt the same way yeah, growing yeah. up, man. <laughs> I don't know. We just uh, I when you got about nine or ten, you thought you wanted to play video games. That's when I yeah. got the bicycle, canoe, and we started running yeah. all the time. Boy, howdy! Like, you used ain't to make gonna me, be the fat boy. He made me run. <laughs> ain't happening. I'd be crying yeah, and would, throwing up. I, look, it was like a mile, <laughs> half a mile around our eight-acre pasture, however much. It, and I'd give him one lap head start, and if I catch you and pass you, you're going to run another one. Tyler, I'd be gaining on him. I could hear him. <laughs> He'd hear my feet coming <laughs> And I'd kind of lay off of him a little yeah. bit Let him let him get ahead uh, I mean, We got to riding bicycles a lot And I got the canoe We'd hit the creeks you know. That canoe and I, That's what I remember being our thing Yeah, Is like uh, We spent a ton of time in the canoe Man like hog hunting yeah, right. And yeah, duck hunting Fishing Whatever It's cheap operating You know yeah. You carry it anywhere Throw it in You know At that time I didn't have the money to spend on a boat and a motor, mm-hmm. you know. We just got canoes and kayaks and stuff, and it's just simpler. And you ain't got to worry about breaking down. Yeah. Unless you break yeah. your paddle when you or go Or you ocean. get somewhere where you can't go no more. Yeah. So one time, me and my dad had this bright idea. We we're going to put in one side of the lake, kayak, I mean, canoe. Well, we were going to, we duck hunted <clears> that morning, and we were going to like fish and hog hunt our way out. That's a. It was yeah, a long that's an extravaganza. It right was there. quite extravagant, um, <laughs> and we took the wrong river, and it ended up petering out before you got to the road. Oh man! So we had to ditch the canoe like two miles back in the woods we and didn't walk know where out. We were at. That's before cell phones and stuff. Yeah, then too, I didn't yeah. have a clue, but we could hear highway. We could hear the highway. Well, we'd like, lined it out. Pop was going to come pick us up yeah, at right. dark. Yeah, and yeah, we figured out how to get to the highway through the woods, and we we uh, tied the canoe up to the tree. Yeah, and uh, it was there when we went back like a couple weeks later to go get it. <laughs> well, we were so, so far back in there, wasn't nobody else going in there. No, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we tried to keep the flood from yeah, you know, Probably ripping so. it out of there or whatever. Mm. 
But, uh, yeah, we did a lot of crazy stuff in in the canoe. Um, and then... Ever got an ocean in the canoe? Mm. Just kayak. We use kayaks, you know, run shark baits out and stuff. Yeah. We got some interesting stories with Carrie in the kayak. Oh, man. <laughs> she ain't in here right now. <laughs> My mom... She uh, she's she's a trooper, man. She'll, she'll get out there and, with you. She'll get out there and do some stuff. You tell her she can't do something. Oh. It's fitting to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if she amb five one. It's gonna happen. She she gets a little scaredy sometimes though. We we're, were going. We put in. We went at South Padre. We had a couple of kayaks. Two. That's all we had. All right. We had South Padre. You can drive back up the beach twenty three miles here at the Port Mansfield jetties. There's nobody there except for a few fishermen. Well, on the side we were on, the fishing wasn't very good, so we thought we'd take a kayak across the sh- uh, ship channel, go to the other side. It's fantastic. Fish are blowing up. We're catching fish, and I was like, KC, we need to go get big your mama. Big jacks. Yeah, big jacks. Go get your mama. So we, KC, or I don't remember how it worked out. I'm standing on jetties. KC carries a kayak tied to his kayak back over to get her. We talk her into coming, and she's coming in, of course, it's the perfect storm as far as waves go when she's out there and a shark rolls over and sees her. And by the time she got to the end of Jetty, she was crying. But she was, help me, help me, help me. I said, you got to keep paddling because you're fixing to get eaten by these waves on these jetties. So she goes right around the jetties and right back up there. Man, when we get up on the on the jetties end, the water's clear. You can see the mullet, just a stream of mullet. And every time they come by, the jacks just blow up. Oh. I mean, explosions. So we're taking mullet and sending them well i missed a jack he bit a mullet in half and then i caught a 27 and a half inch trout on that and i was like man mm. this is cool kc caught about a 27 incher what happened to your trout all right we put them on a big long stringer put them down in the rocks in the water Mm-mm. go back an hour or two later pick it up and there's nothing but the head left <laughs> there's coons all on raccoons oh, all really? on these. yes you walk off leave the ice chest and look back behind you and that raccoon will have the lid up on it looking down inside <laughs> these dudes are serious <laughs> scavengers <laughs> man we're just killing the jacks and you can see them going by we're having a blast <laughs> the next day we get back across and casey had caught a shark me and carrie were leaving yeah okay let me expand on this a little bit i don't know for some reason it was time for for us to go i feel like it was getting close to dark yeah but it's shark 30 yeah right and uh we're trying to figure out how to keep fishing a little bit i think we were trying to send mama back across by herself she wouldn't do it she made you go away yeah well y'all picked up my bag and took it with you and my camera was in that bag and while y'all are gone, as as you're paddling I, I can off, hear the reel yeah, my clicker goes to going off on my reel uh-huh. as y'all are leaving, and you're like, oh, oh no. Well, I end up catching a seven foot one inch bull shark by myself, no camera or nothing to prove that this the biggest I, one we've yeah, caught, yet. biggest shark we've caught as a family, and no, nobody saw it but me. Right, and there we go. We did though, standing on one of those jetties, we see about eleven or twelve foot tiger just suspended. You remember seeing that shark out there? Yeah, his, mm-hmm. case and he's putting his like his peck fins up in the air yeah. and stuff. Is weird. Oh, what was going on? But we could see him. Because he'd been out in the yak and he caught a jack and was fighting that jack. And next thing, he's, all of a sudden, he just feels it goes, wow, reels it up. Ain't nothing but the head left on the jack. The shark done bit it off. Mm-hmm. Bit it off. But it was kind of on at that time. Boy, and that was a cool trip because those, it's like the Spanish sardines were in the channel and the tide would bring them out. And as soon as they got to like where the jetties ended, it was just bait ball craze where kingfish and reds and jacks and sharks are just for about five minutes. We've seen a few tarpon. Yeah. I had a king jump right in front of me. Looked like it's going 
four or five foot in the air right over, you know, I was like, God, mm. you want to catch them so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but we did all this. Carrie was freaked out. We was talking about her being a trooper. And we get back to the motel, or we, we stayed at a, we stayed in some kind of was it? little uh, condo. Beachview or something yeah, like some that? Beachview condo. Kind of an inexpensive deal. But anyway, the next day I was like, I didn't think she'd want to. I said, Carrie, what do you want to do today? She said, I want to go back across where the fish are. So that'll yeah, take She got into it. We kind of got into this whole outdoor thing as a family, pretty much. Like, uh, you know, Pop kind of introduced us into some stuff. You know, his dad didn't do hardly anything All like right. he talked about. He started going to Colorado with some of his buddies back in the day. Yeah, I know. Probably the mid-70s, probably. Yeah. and uh, I don't even know how they came up with the idea to do it. <laughs> yeah. They just all decided we ought to go up there and go mule deer hunting. Yeah, they're going deer hunting. Yeah. Big I, deer live up there. We're going to get big deer, yeah, right? Well, there's some whoppers. Yeah. But, uh. Where they got the idea, I have no idea. Yeah, and how they figured out that you could even go up there and do yeah, it. Yeah, on National Forest land, you know, and they killed some big mule deer back, yeah. back then. There were a lot more mule deer than there were elk mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah, and then I guess, well, how old were you the first time you went? 18. 18, that was when Pop shot that cow? No, we went to the small part of Uncompadre, me and Pop and Pancho, my cousin Pancho, and... uh. I think there might have been somebody else with us. But anyway, that's where Pop used to go with his other buddies, mm-hmm. around Long Cone Mountain, kind of. And uh, That's draw now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Long Cone? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we we were kind of mule deer hunting, and I think maybe that we might have had one elk. We were rifle hunting at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really wasn't any good. <clears throat> You'd see a few animals, but it wasn't. It isn't nothing like what we got going on yeah. the last few years as far yeah. as. Well, you... you uh... You did that with him when you were young, and then uh, you're still young, but, you know. Uh, well, there's a difference in a teenager and a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 55-year-old. I guess when you are about my age, around 30 or so, y'all kind of all loaded up and kind of refocused in on the bow. Kind of around about the same time y'all were going to the bow shop and stuff, yeah, probably, right? right? Yeah. Like a little bit after that, you and Danny Plunkett and Pop and a couple of his buddies, yeah. y'all all started going up there and archery hunting some, right. and that it's that's kind of... I mean, y'all learned what elk did, right? Exactly. What's Plunkett's story? First time we go up our archery hunting, we let my buddy Plunkett out at uh, this one spot we call the Green Gate. He gets out, take a right, walk down there until you see a big draw. That's where you go hunt at. Get back to camp that evening. Plunkett says, I don't know what's going on, but there's two somethings whistling at each other. Down there. <laughs> <laughs> he said, they're just whistling back and forth. I don't know what they are. Well, that's when we figured out it was, you know, I was like, man, that's elk. That's what that is, whistling at each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, we chased them all over the mountain. Me and him did. I'd, we'd do our bugling and and I'd beating on brush, you know, and just mm-hmm. and we had a big bull going. But he had one cow with him, and, well, I bet we chased him two miles, and he'd come back, and he'd go back to her and come back and go, go back to her. But we had a lot of fun with it. We didn't kill nothing, but. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Y'all took me up there a couple times oh, whenever you y'all were doing that. Like in the fourth grade, I just take you out of school. It's like you're gonna learn more in the mountains than you're gonna learn oh, yeah. in the fourth grade. That's just the way. That's I, how I feel, man. We're in this quarantine stuff right now, you know. That kind of proves stuff, don't it? Oh, I, man, they've been trying to. You know, my wife's a teacher. I got two kids in school, basically, and they're trying to. They've been trying and trying to get these teachers to get homework, kids. The first, the first time that my wife had to call the kids in her class. They all answered. 
Mm-hmm. And since then, nobody will answer. All they want to answer. They don't, yeah, they don't care. You no. know, none of the kids, none of the parents care. They don't want to deal with it. And because, because like, not all the kids in our area have internet right. or phone service, because a lot of these people have, you know, are paying for minutes or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, like, they have to go. My wife's had to go and deliver, hand deliver to different houses, homework and stuff like that, you know. And then it just eventually, it got to the point where, like, I think somebody in our region kind of got coronavirus, and they think that they got it from handing out homework. All right, and so it just shut down. And it's just like, I don't know. It's been that's I'm kind of put out with it with it all because it's just like these people are these kids are losing two months of education. It's not going to hurt them that bad. No, you know what I mean. They're going to have to relearn it next spring, <clears throat> oh, next fall, anyways. Yeah, it, whether we had the coronavirus or not. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I feel bad for seniors and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, that they kind of feel like they got ripped off. Sure, I'm sure, sure, but like. You know, fourth graders, sixth graders, whatever. Like it's just like, yeah. man, these kids, and that's why I feel like my kids are out there, you know, digging in the dirt, learning yeah, more sure. than they would yeah. be at school. Probably who else? Who else's kids knows what a mulberry is and what kind of birds eat them? Yeah, yeah right. I yeah. mean, that's. I mean, both of my kids have been. You know, I teach them stuff like that, and and a lot of people don't really value that kind of stuff that much, you know. But like. I mean, both my kids know all kinds of animals, you know. When they go Jet's to a, a dinosaur master. Dude, when they go yeah, when they go to on like a, a zoo trip for the school, you oh, know, they're, like they're the tour guide. My dad I mean, like my my son is the tour guide, man. That's, That's cool. cool. All the teachers are like, you know, Oh, we had our personal tour guide today. Yeah. Jet, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's just I don't know. There's there's uh there's other ways to learn stuff, man, and you know, he's he's Luckily, I've been blessed with a couple of pretty smart kids, so they they can pick up on stuff in school pretty quickly, and I don't have to worry about them. One know. of those years that I went to Colorado with y'all was in elementary school, I had a pretty cool teacher, and she kind of like laid out a plan for me while I was there. Like I kind of had a couple things I needed to do. I needed to write like a journal, or maybe you were t- you no, maybe I made do. you do the journal that way. Yeah. Like at this age, you could look back at it. You have that somewhere around? I need to look I at it somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Where I bet I... she. Maybe my mom knows where it's at. Probably. Somewhere. But I'm. I had to like bring back like show and tell stuff. Yeah. And the first time I went, we were. Uh, you've been on that road, the sketchy road to get. Back to like the Green Gate area. You never went to the Green Gate, but you know where I'm talking about, kind of. Anyways, is that, you know, kind of sketchy road. Well, used to, I think it never was legal to actually drive down there, but the sign nah. was down. Yeah, the post, there were no posts. There wasn't no marker said you couldn't go. Right. So they drive way back, way in we like four or five miles. We took a Ram Charger back in there. Yeah. Well, on the way out, one of those big old aspen trees had blown over the road, so we had to like chop axe or I didn't, I was too young, but they had to chop axe their way out of there. For us to get out, so mm-hmm. I remember taking you know some of those pieces of chopped up aspen or whatever back and telling about oh, that. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then um, I didn't go to Colorado for a long time hunting or whatever, uh, and then I kind of came back from well you know, high college. school come in football yeah, and sure. everything else. I mean, know. Tyler knows all about that. You know, he had four <clears throat> more years of football than I did. Yeah, think right. about the missing out. You know, all, the, the reason he killed all his deer in Kansas in December is because he didn't get to hunt in November. You know, <laughs> yeah. for most of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I can remember. Uh, in 2009 we played in the hawaii bowl and we played we played on new or uh, christmas eve and we flew back christmas day and then two days later i shot a big old six point in kansas All right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. that's kind of how it was you know we didn't i didn't play on a ton of good teams we had a good we had really my high school team and my college team were both good my last year yeah and so like we weren't always playing in <clears throat> december or late november but mm-hmm. still miss out on and the best rut stuff you know? i remember many times <clears throat> 
uh, you know, leaving after a Friday night football game and driving to Central Texas to go to Deer Lease oh, for yeah. a day and a half. You know, me and Cody used to, you know, we would we left a couple times I think from a baseball game on a Friday night and went turkey hunting. You know, yeah, out in wherever West yeah. Texas or whatever. You know, it's so. crazy how and this is kind of amongst <clears throat> other things like having a kid. There's some there's a ton of value in having them participate in sports, uh, but at the same time. When I was in sports, and you probably have similar, you know, thoughts. Like I thought, the people that didn't play football, I was like, "Man, what's wrong? Why don't they do that? Why don't, what are they doing?" And now, fifteen years removed, I'm like, and I see those people, like Brennan, you know, outdoorsman or whatever, you know, uh, like it, it didn't hurt him not well, to. Brennan, you're still like, I wonder what's wrong with him. <laughs> yes, that's right. But you know what <laughs> I mean, no though. It's, it's like, you know, maybe, maybe. <clears throat> Sports aren't all they're hacked up to be, you know. I they're don't know. Not. I think yeah, as, yeah. as long as – the thing is, is there is things that you learn when you play sports. And if you're a parent and you also facilitate that knowledge into your child somewhere or another, you, you don't miss out on that. Yeah. It's, I think as a parent, it's tough to, to do that, though. Yeah. I think, I think it's easier for some coach that's a little bit disconnected to I, – I, I don't know. Maybe I – and I'm pretty soft, honestly, but, like, man – I struggle to uh, just be hard-nosed against my kids about things sometimes. You know, like I'm really just – my dad was like pretty pretty just – like, I mean, man, he's hard on me for sure, you know. And I'm just a lot more like my mom. Pushing you into athletics, you mean? Yeah, and everything. I mean, he yeah. was just very strict, um, noble kind of guy, you know, just – and – Man, we just we fought. We fought about all kinds of stuff. We fought physically one time in high school. You know, got my butt whooped real quick. I got I got stuck down, pinned on the ground, could not move. Man, I was and I was bigger than my dad probably at the time. You know, it's just like that old man strength. You know, but yeah, it's uh, it, I, I I just man, I if I picture myself doing like being like that towards my son, it almost makes me want to cry. You yeah. know, and and who knows what's going to happen when I'm when he's seventeen and I'm, yeah. you know, I don't know. I may just be just like my dad, but and I'm like my dad in a lot of ways. And I'm not trying to make my dad paint him to be a bad yeah. guy at all. We're just different. Yeah, and, and I'm a little bit more like my mom. And I I'm saying that I don't know if that's like a great thing really necessarily because my mom's pretty soft hearted and I am too. And so you don't bring me as many snacks as your mom does. <laughs> no, she's always bringing a snack. Yeah, that's uh, well. On kids, they need a need of an interest. I don't know how I would have felt if Casey's interest had been banned. I'd have had a hard. I probably would have tried to support it, but I couldn't relate to it. But you know, football, outdoors, something. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a kid needs something to feel good about yourself. About. Yeah, yeah. And it's not participation trophies. You know, it's yeah. about giving your best. And if you Come up short. Well, yeah. Let's I mean, go fish y'all. It. I don't. I'm not gonna say y'all did because it's talking about myself. I don't want to say y'all did good or bad, but I like where I'm at in life right now. You know, with the way y'all raised me and whatnot. Yeah. You know, it, it, I think I can say that. And it's been cool to be able to go back as an adult uh, and hunt with you and my mom. And oh, like Colorado. Yeah, and now there's we've killed two bull elk. All three of us. You know. The first time, y'all were within sixty yards of me. The second time, y'all were well. We're in there in the mix together, shoulder to shoulder, making it happen. <laughs> yeah, 
It's cool, man. It's a definitely a cool it's, name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat deal, man. I know that not every family is going to be, you know, have that dynamic where they can all do that together, but it's been neat for us and uh, my mom definitely would not do that <laughs> I can promise. She hey let me tell you this though oh, but oh uh, my goodness um my mom in the 90s wouldn't have but it's a i think it's kind of the only child thing where like if i was into it she was gonna figure it out and do it you know what i mean she didn't have her girl yeah you know i was the I was her girl. That's why I grew your hair out. That's right. But my, my mom's got her girl, you yeah. know, and she would never. I mean, she's, you know, the catching deers guy. Mm-hmm. That it resonates with me because my mom cannot say, did you kill something? Oh, really? Was, oh, or did shoot you, or anything. Did you catch any? Did you catch any? Yeah, did you catch one? You know, I'm like, we were turkey hunting. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Grab it by the foot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, kind of what we wanted to really kind of end up in this podcast was to, I know, maybe get your take. And this is something we'll do along the way with different guests probably, but like what are some of the things that you can do uh, not to make sure your kid has interest in the outdoors? Cause it's okay if they don't. Right. But if you, if you I have, don't know if I'll be okay. If they don't. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's okay. It's not a matter of salvation. You're absolutely right. The only yeah. thing worth taking serious is that. Yeah. Uh, but outdoors, yeah, I know, man. Come on, it's important, it's important right? Yeah, so, sure. like, let's say it this way: How do you um, foster that? Yeah, how do you foster your own passions in your kid without uh, turning them away from it? Encourage them and don't push them beyond their limit. You know, is that what you were doing? Around the pasture, <laughs> I was encouraging you, boy. Well, he you ain't it. gonna be the fat kid on the couch. I promise you. Well, I wasn't at my, was, my limit yet. At that no, yeah, you, you, you had a good limit. I mean, it's the sky's the limit. You know. Well, that's how I felt about it. Uh, we're gonna get tough. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah. You know. That's well, there's de- that's that's what my dad did for me too. You gotta I, know though. You know, you can push a kid too far and they'll totally rebel. I I knew guys that their dads was just hard on them and. It's like money. Money can ruin people, but for one person, ten million dollars won't ruin them. Next person, a thousand dollars. They're like, "Well, I'm rich." Yeah, you know, and you're ruined. We'll buy mm-hmm. some drugs. Yeah, that's about what it amounts to, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you, you just don't know, and that's a when you're. I think you kind of got to read the kid a little bit and see what they're capable of, and then a lot of times encouraging mm-hmm. more so than discipline. But uh, get them something, in, you know. Looking at bugs, most time little kids like to look at bugs. And, mm-hmm. You know, let's check this out and check that out. And boy, you know, conversation Tyler have and I have pretty often is like say on outdoor TV, which we only get to watch when we go on hunting trips because uh, <laughs> we don't have TV. Uh, you see these kids on their first hunt, and it's like uh, it's real cool for on a television show to show a kid shooting like a 350 inch bull is like oh that's awesome your first animal or you know, a giant buck or something you know yeah we took them down to los banditos in yeah. south texas and they yeah. got to shoot a, yeah. a we giant ten thousand dollars and yeah. the kid got one what do you know yeah you can shoot I mean, you might and, as well shoot that rock but right at the same time everybody everybody likes the story of a kid on the first hunt shooting a big buck even if it isn't like a, a setup deal right right how do you what do you feel about a kid having instant success in a situation like that I don't think they'll appreciate it. Uh, you know, can we, they though? I mean, is it a guaranteed ruin? No, it ain't a guaranteed ruin. It's like the deal with uh, too much money. You know, from one fellow to the next, yeah. or lady either. Uh, you don't know too much, but uh, 
I don't like it. I don't like I don't like game ranches, honestly. I don't like mm-hmm. you're just paying to shoot an animal. You're just shooting. You're not hunting. And when you carry a kid and you let them shoot that 175 whitetail the first time, they didn't work up from a doe to a spike. And, you know, and it ain't about the horn so much. You know, you ought to enjoy it. It's like I can go to Colorado now and I don't have to hunt. You know, but yeah. I'm just there with you, and you just start to enjoy it. Maybe there's a bird or a squirrel or some type of well, fern you've never seen. Like our coolest memory from last year, or not two years ago, not coolest, because the coolest was us shooting the elk together. But one of the coolest things was we were there on the side of a mountain, and a hummingbird flies up and tries to oh, eat mama's yeah, fletchings. It's like, well, that's cool. <laughs> she had some pink fletchings on this hummingbird, I guess it's a broad tail. What was uh, yeah, or maybe a rufus. I don't know. I, it, Anyway, one of those two. You know, there's nothing to indicate there ought to be any hummingbirds anywhere. And we're on the side of the mountain, no flowers, no nothing. Hummingbird, there he is. <laughs> what the heck was that? Yeah, I you got know, a I got a video clip last year in the Gila of KC. We had we had a bull like 120 yards, probably screaming up the hill. Had cows. We could see the cows. I think at the time, and. uh same deal. He had this little orange deal hanging off his backpack or whatever. I think it was on that GPS, maybe. Yeah. And um, it was, I think it was either the GPS or it was a little orange piece of rope. And and I got I got the video clip of the hummingbird coming up checking and like he was checking a that and he was checking a flower and I think I got him on the flower and then I went back to KC and he was like headed up the hill, you know. But it was pretty cool when it's yeah. little things like that you remember. Yeah, for sure. That's but. how, you know, I said, and I think about this when you're talking about the deer, shooting a deer, you know, his first deer or whatever. And I can remember that when I was nine, getting ready to shoot my first deer, we hunted, we hunted all year. I didn't shoot the deer till December uh, that year. And if it would have been a doe, I mean, I probably would not be more excited today to shoot a big buck than i would have been mm-hmm. to shoot a doe when i was nine you know and that's kind of like that's the thing that some people might just you know not know man it's like man if your kid really likes what is about to happen and what what he's getting into like a doe is going to be something oh it'll be plenty oh yeah. plenty yeah. plenty well, of excitement pop tells a story i think you are in uvalde and uh you were hunting off a windmill. Junction. Junction. I wasn't hunting off a windmill. I was hunting out of a deer stand in a tree by a windmill. I shot a buck. My first buck is like a decent little eight point. You know, not much of a deer, two and a half year old eight point, you know. I got it down. I got it down. I saw excited. I climb up this windmill after a while. I had a two by 12 at the top. It's like 25 foot in the air. And I'm so excited, and I start throwing up off the top of that. <laughs> I couldn't move. Buck fever done set in. I done killed kill me a 92 score, 92 eight point. You know? <laughs> but it, yeah, the adrenaline took hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got so pumped up about your first buck, you climbed yeah, the windmill. I did. I'm going to climb up here and see a long ways. Yeah. So, did you throw up downwind? I was in top of the windmill. I'm hoping it was up enough wind. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of a funny thing to think about, and it's not a mistake, I don't think, on, on your pop's part, but I was so young when I shot my first deer that I didn't really have much of that. It's just kind of like, oh, I shot one. Well, you'd been around when we had shot them, and I said that's true. I killed one one time, and we were hunting in Hexed. Yeah. And it was a decent buck, and you couldn't have been seven. And man, I was five. Were you five? Yes. When you came that's when up, it rained in on me. <laughs> when you came up, you got them horns, and you the deer's 
dead on the ground and you're jumping on it and kicking it and dragging him around <laughs> by the whole you know he just got all fired up about it. ridiculous yeah. that's the same what is it Hexter Brownwood no that was uh, same place that, the emus like to eat you no that was a different place because <laughs> the emus was in Brownwood oh okay um, but that was with the is blind this where y'all guy them? huh yeah, yeah that's where y'all hunted yeah, them yeah we hunted the emus uh, but this is this story he's telling about me oh, karate right. chopping the buck I was five. Power Rangers were cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. I was he Power was Ranger. This, he Power Ranger. I learned this. Is like, that probably, looking back, that might have been like the catalyst to like me liking hunting leases and all that all kind right. of stuff. Because we went down there. Blind Gary was yeah. the guy who uh, like was the lease owner. Really, we just hunted in his backyard about yeah, near. He had a, a pile of beer cans. I didn't know that's what it was, but he had a pile of cans that was legit 10 foot tall. And drink himself blind. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> this blind guy is walking around showing us what a trapdoor spider is. Now, how does a blind guy... Also, I think he's barefooted, if I remember right. I think that's probably about right. <laughs> that's also the place that we were sitting there hunting, and the night before opening season, a truck blows past yeah. us, goes spotlight. down there and goes spotlighting, and right where we're... Fixing, and it's a bunch of kids, teenage mm-hmm. kids. Yeah, poaching. Yeah, it's like golly bum. On, and there was on uh, our lease. There was uh, peacocks on that place too. Well, I remember we were really? hunting, and then we'd you'd be up on the side of this hill, looking down the valley, and a peacock stroll through. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's a, that's a Texas story. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and there's always like a there's always a good story about some old. <laughs> Ranch hand or something on a lease, you know. Oh, yeah. We had one one time oh, we went we went to a place we we're going to do a weekend of turkey hunting on out west, and uh, the guy that we were meeting, the ranch hand, was named Blueford. Blueford. Blueford was his name, and he shows up. Blueford is wearing blue jeans. He's wearing a blue denim shirt. He's got a blue Ford. And he's got a blue healer in the back of it. Oh, Blueford. everything's blue. <laughs> I mean, what color was his eyes? I don't, I don't remember that, but probably blue. <laughs> Oh, it was. Uh, there's always something like that. Yeah, man. Almost every every lease is that way. We had a guy named Doc in El Dorado. You know, Doc. Oh, he talked like this. You know, <laughs> he had a no. had a mullet with a Jerry curl. You know That's where I got my hairstyle from, Doc. And he's one of those guys. He wore button up <laughs> pearl snaps that had the sleeves cut out. You know, and oh, tight yeah. britches. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, he, uh, dude, he was a character, man. He drove us around, just you know, showed us the lease. And I can remember. I think it was me and Pop were in the back of the truck, maybe, or something, kind of riding around. You know, only some people could sit in the front. And uh, I remember seeing, like, a big buck laid up in the... Oh, you know, yeah, pro- we were seeing them all dads in there, too. Oh, like, yeah. Man, what's that? Man, that was cool. And then, Where so was this? We, El Dorado. El Dorado. Uh, a guy killed a 180 across the road from us down there. It was some big... Giants. Mm. And then we lost the lease after he killed the 180, of course. Now, <laughs> yeah. now you can find that on Hunting Lease Network for like $8,000 a gun. But <laughs> yeah. we had it for like $800 a gun. Yeah, right. It, it was bad. nice. I mean, it's a good hunting place. Uh, had a lot of turkeys on it, too. Yeah, it did. We never never shot one. I nearly got shot by Pop trying to hunt turkeys. I think I've told that story before. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, always stories. And the same kind of thing happened on that lease that, that families, kids came out there opening, opening weekend day, of, of rifle right season, drove right through the middle of the thing, you know, hunting like they always do. It's like, hey, we're leasing this. Mm-hmm. Well, our buddy who we're leasing the place with, he shoved a bunch of mud up in the key or up in the lock. That way they couldn't get through the gate. Oh, my <laughs> Maybe that's why we lost the lease. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, lots of lots of good stories. Well, you right? spend good money on it. You expect, you know, yeah. Oh, I yeah, would dude. respect them. I wouldn't shoot the place up and kill stuff and leave it laying or nothing like that. And you, you hope that 
they're not hunting it when you're not away, but it goes on a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're not coming down this weekend. It happens oh, almost, almost every lease. Well, that's like um, we had a we, we hunted Oklahoma a few years uh, when I was kind of in college, and my dad, you know, paid for a lease for for me or whatever to go up there and him and we. Uh, it was northern Oklahoma. There was there's some birds. There's pretty good quail and pheasant population around there, and uh, the landowner always wanted us to call yeah. before we came. That's and that's the common. only reason, man. That's, that's the only reason. That's that weather cousin ain't out there. It never met us or nothing. I'm sitting on a stand one time out by this creek, and all of them it's section you know mile by mile country. So I'm sitting in you know I'm sitting a couple hundred yards into this section. And I'm sitting there, it's a good day, you know, but it's kind of late in the season. I need something to happen, you know. And all of a sudden, this truck comes by, and the guys pull out, and they start walking down to the creek. They get like 75 yards from me, and they go, oh, there's a guy right there. And they just took off. And I'm like, this dude's running hunters in here, hunting birds, you know, just while I'm, while we've got this place leased for deer, you know. Drive you nuts. It does, man. It's, it's, uh, it's not cool. Because then you think about, like, what's happening on that place on November 10th when pheasant opens up. Yeah. And you're not there, you know, yeah. and it's the middle of the rut. Mm-hmm. What's going on, man? Yeah, and that's kind of why, you know, we kind of got out of the lease game. That and just got priced out of it, you know, and yeah. and that's kind of where. Well, we can go for us, me and your mom and you, when you go, was go to Colorado once a year and pretty satisfied. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to hunt whitetails, honestly, there's more whitetails in this area than there is out there nowadays. Yeah. I mean, in our neighborhood, you can count 150 any. How many are you going to shoot this year? I ain't going to shoot any of them, but I like looking at them. I mean, we got a 13-point coming on. It's going to be four and a half years old. Would you call five. yourself a hunter? Absolutely. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, but I'd rather carry a kid and let them do the hunting. Yeah. Than I mean, that's good. But uh, I'd consider KC a kid if you want to take him around here. Cool. I shaved. There's, there's a baby face. There's a good. There's I'll a put good, a feeder out in the yard and you can pick for one real. That we can put us up some cedar screening around your yard. <laughs> some seventeen of them come through every day. I know it. Head gum. Take your pick. Catch them on a treble hook and an apple out there. <laughs> That's about all. It is. <laughs> <laughs> then your mom can say, "Yep, yep did. I, I did caught a deer. I did catch a deer." <laughs> oh man, yeah. But um, I don't know. That's kind of how we end up kind of really how the element came to be is that uh public land became kind of the only option for mm-hmm. uh, me as a whitetail hunter and then in 2016 i started dragging you out there with me a little bit and well crazy. i had gotten fed up um i had tried to find some permission around here that is impossible yeah. i mean i don't we i grew up i grew up here but my parents didn't and so we don't have any family yeah, in right. this area you know what i mean and if you don't you're, you're not luck. gonna you're not gonna get free hunting land man mm-hmm. and it's hard to pay for leases even i was finding uh issues with i'd ask guys you know i'd ask them for permission first and oh, i don't think so you know and then i go well you know can i pay you a couple hundred bucks if it was a good place or whatever you know and they would be like oh no and i'm like you know out in if you go west of the metroplex Everybody's got at least for they got at least for cattle, they yeah. got at least for deer, they got at least for quail, they got turkey season lease, Dove. you know. Mm-hmm. Out here it's like if you're not, you know, if it's a lease for cattle, they're not gonna do anything else on it, man. It's just frustrating. So anyway, we, we get got to know each other and I'm struggling finding permission and you y'all got pre priced out of lease game, you know, and pretty much just started following you around on public for a little while and had some crazy things happen the first year, it's been and the then most it's difficult been, thing ever. Been tough ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had no. rather take my chances on government land 
than spend nowadays twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And not if you're not there every weekend, not knowing what's going on when you're not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, out here on government land, you can honestly there's a few places you can push harder and go deeper, and be in there further and get away and put in more effort and it and reward. You know mm-hmm. that's what it is. When we go to Colorado if just get in there and walk a mile or two. And you'll get away from the roads a little bit, and your success rate goes way up. Mm-hmm. There's places close to here that you can go do the same thing. Yeah, you add a little more effort. Yep. Yeah, we've put out some effort. So yeah, we hopefully, have. <laughs> hopefully, we, we I mean, we'll, we've, well, one thing we've tried to do is find places that are not super deep, but are just not on everybody's radar. Right. And that's, in some cases, paid off for us. In some cases, it's bit us pretty good, you know. The thing so. is, we're always trying to be efficient. Exactly. And it's not efficient to push in deep because there's a good chance still that you don't kill anything. Yeah. So we try to be efficient. And I think that if we did push in deep, sometimes we would do better. But it's just so hard to talk yourself into doing it when you think this is something y'all kind of instilled in me growing up. And I always assume I'm smarter than the next guy, (laughs) probably to a fault. Right. That's not always a good thing to do. But at the same time, it's good to have that confidence, right? And it's something as a hunter, you kind of need that kind of confidence when you hit the woods. Um, and if you can, you know, hit public land with that thought in mind, you think you can look at a map and out scheme and out scheme the deer, out scheme the other hunters that are out there and, and find decent holes. And we've done it. We just. Well, I mean, I went to, I hunted Iowa last year and I did, there was a couple of hauls I did by myself that were difficult and mm-hmm. just far and up big ridges and through creek bottoms and stuff i'm willing to do that when i when i feel like yeah you know what i mean it. it's different here sometimes because you can go a mile and a half back and the deer still just kind of wander through areas they don't get on a trail and pinch through an area that much sometimes you know and it's just you go to iowa and you can read the read the topography and where the ag field corners yeah. are you know and you know like man if i sit up there i'm gonna have deer come by me i don't may not be a shooter or whatever well but. here you're doing on large public oak trees acres when mm-hmm. i've hunted places for deer everywhere plumb up to thanksgiving and something changes something else falls they've either wiped out this acre and crop or what but another another acre and tree starts putting uh, oak tree starts putting off and them deer are gone you can't mm-hmm. find the deer they've moved on they're doing somewhere else there's not so much ag around here like you're talking about. There. Yeah. It's about the acorns and what's mm. going on with them a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And there's so many different types of oak trees around here. It's like. And water oaks like are going to be falling all year long. That's right. Like, and it, and it, I mean, even like tree to tree, man, if you got, there could be a swamp oak that drops three weeks later than another swamp oak. And it's like. That moved them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. It's tough. You going to do any whitetail hunting this year? No. <laughs> No, I won't do no one. <laughs> you going to do any elk hunting this year with a bow in your hand? Maybe, maybe not. But I got a satisfied mind. It's like Joe Dell said. You got to yeah. have a satisfied mind. If, <laughs> so I can if I want who to. Who said that? Joe Dell Hoover. You know that's who Joe Dell Hoover, Hoover is? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's my that's wife's what, granddad. All right. Yeah. That's your, that's your granddad? That's my wife's granddad. That's cool. He, yeah. We catfished with him. And he'd say, boy, you just got to have a satisfied mind. <laughs> that's meaning. My it, wife's a Hoover. If you caught one or you didn't catch one, it didn't matter. You got, you say, it's your mind. Yeah. yeah. That's the way I feel about hunting. I don't know. It'd take a special something to make me want to whitetail hunt. You know, a good, solid place that I knew wasn't getting shot up. And, but uh, elk hunting, I can just be there. You know, I. If I'm calling and they're responding, that's, I don't know, what more do you need? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
If it's you don't cool. kill one, you ain't got to pack one out. That's right. But if you do kill one, you get to eat for a year. So <laughs> yeah, Carrie gonna get one this year. Carrie's gonna have a good opportunity. <laughs> That's good. She had a good opportunity last year. <laughs> Twenty <laughs> yards, good opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. Are you gonna bring a bow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so somebody needs to put elk on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to tell everybody what Hart University is? Oh, the Hibbley <laughs> Institute of Research and Technology. Hit. Hit. It's, it's hurt. Hurt? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Where theories are tested and bones are broken. <laughs> I've got a whole... I'm famous. What? Say it again. Uh, theories a... are tested and bones are broken. Yes. The Hillbilly Institute of Research and Technology. <laughs> where theories are tested and bones are broken. All right. <laughs> I got I to gotta hear a little bit of elaboration here. What is... Yeah, give me a syllabus. <laughs> From from our university. Oh well, I don't know. we could go. I got a whole thing worked up in my mind. You know, I had this. <laughs> I had this retirement plan, and the stinking coronavirus killed it. Oh no! It was bass tournaments. I was going. You know, mm. they're highly profitable. <laughs> it's your odds are better. Odds are better are. than the lottery. I mean, you know, what's one sixteen million? There isn't 16 million boats on the lake. I live on the lake. I should know the lake. And my whole game, my whole Ponzi, I mean, my whole plan was <laughs> to to fish bass tournaments and win bass tournaments. I mean, that was my game plan. Yeah. And what happened? The corona came got canceled. Killed it. Got but it. I'll elaborate on this. I've got it all written down in the truck how I want to say it, so I, I don't have it in front of me. But all right. My skeeter, or my, my parents uh, probably lost more money. On the oh, skeeter sure. tournament being canceled, then you probably would have. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and that's. <laughs> yeah, no. That's they, uh, their income as opposed to playing around. Yeah. Trying to... <laughs> well, skeeter, you know, they stay there like a week, you know, yeah. and and rent the whole lodge, pretty good chunk of money for my parents, sure. you know, and man, my they're like bummed right now, as far as that goes. I'm sure yeah. they are. A lot of people are hurting. Luckily, my dad's still building a few houses here and there, so. Yeah, it'll be all right. It's just that particular business is in the tank, man. Right. Tell them I hear Hurt University's hiring professors. I'll, I'll. My mom's a teacher. You know, <laughs> that's so right. She's all right. been teaching for she's thirty educated. plus years or something like that. Yeah. So I don't want to make her sound too old, but it's around thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to tell your fans anything else? Well, that's about it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for sitting down and hanging out with us yeah, tonight. It's kind of fun. fun. Cool. I mean, we have talks like this all the time, you know, but it's kind of – one of the things I found about podcasting, especially with friends and family, is that it uh, it gives it a format to where you get to have, like, conversations in a different way than you used to would. Mm-hmm. Because some some reason you put on these headphones and people stop talking over each other and then they, they listen a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. like, we hang out, me, you, and my wife and my mom – in here all the time we're all cutting up laughing da, 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 but it, it, like you end up having these side conversations and yeah. all this and then there's like a steady stream and it's it's kind of it's, well, it's like neat. your story about the bat the other day you know you, oh yeah you were 10 seconds into it about to hit the best line and then you know one of the girls started talking and you just <laughs> forget where you're going you yeah know? and you know some things are better left unsaid too some stories are for the boys you know what it's i mean it's a bat <laughs> it's a bat it's a bat oh <laughs> uh, anyways Butch Smith, thanks for hanging out with us tonight yep, on the podcast. If uh, if somebody wants to see what you got going on, where would we send them? Uh, Butch and Carrie Birding. All right, yeah. Butch and Carrie Birding. That's what y'all do nowadays. We yeah. do a lot of it. We, you going to put your elk hunting on there? Outdoor enthusiast. Yeah, probably so. Cool. What are you gonna? What bird are you going to see in the elk woods this year? 
Oh, we see that Clark's nut hatch up there. Yeah. And the scrub jays are really interesting. This year, I think I'm going to carry bird feeders and set them up at camp. Other than That's cool. Not right at camp. Suet feeders? You worried about bears, aren't yes, you? Yes, worried about bears. You don't want to feed bears while you're at camp. <laughs> Hummingbird feeders, it'd be way cool to get them, you know, Colorado hummingbirds and a suet feeder and maybe some sunflower seeds. What's yeah. a soot feeder? Uh, basically, it's lard. Suet lard. That, uh, we've got them in the front yard. Titmice, uh, chickadees, downy woodpeckers. Uh, Three-toed woodpeckers in Colorado saw him up there. But, uh, you know, up there you got an opportunity to see I think there's 700 and something different species of birds in North America, and I've got like 250 of them. That's all I've got. So that'll tell you how many more are out there to be seen. How do you say that right there? Cerulean warbler. That's a cool bird. Yeah, he is cool. They Y'all saw one recently, right? Yeah, we done at San Bernard Wildlife Refuge. Yeah. You know, we was talking about earlier pushing harder, doing, and sometimes it's about doing something a little different, you know, talking about hunting or going somewhere. You do something a little different, and sometimes something can happen. Well, that's we were down there at San Bernard. We were basically birding, looking for birds. Next thing you know, we catch that alligator doing his grumble. You know, that's pretty cool. You know, I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's something a little different. That gives you an appreciation. You know, it's like the hummingbird on the side of the mountains. You're like, yeah. hey, man, that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. We were talking about the other day, like you got to do – you got to give amazing an opportunity to happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, if you yeah. do like the, the normal all the time, amazing right. things can't really happen. But if, you know, if you hunt the road ditch legally, you know, but like <laughs> you hunt five yards from the road, you, you can't shoot a giant five yards from the road if you don't hunt there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like going, all right, we're going to go fishing. Well, we're going to go catch the same sand bass over and over and over and over and over. If you don't occasionally go over here and try to catch a large mouth or, you know, yeah. some, you're never going to happen. You know, yeah. you don't take a... 19-foot flat bottom, 12 miles off That's coast, right. you know. Well, never yeah. know. You're right. That's right. But good Bill, judgment. Bill's character, <laughs> though. It does build character. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's you right. paid it forward in the in chasing KC around that property, right? Right. Mm, yeah. Just scared uh, instances <laughs> of the, in the ocean there. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. Well, the ladies have emerged from the room with the baby. That, that means it probably is time for us to come to an end, but... Thanks for hanging out with us and talking tonight, and I hope that uh, someone kills an elk this year. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll help her pack it out. Good. Yeah. Guys, I think just kind of as a takeaway, you know, remember what's important in life. Remember to hang out with your family, to show some value there, to make sure that you don't always make things seem more important than they are. But at the same time, uh, you know, if you care about something, pass that on. And that's a cool thing to do. Uh, So remember to do that, and remember, this is your element. Live in it. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy 
calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.